Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. So late today, KMH, well, they finally responded. They finally respond to the disappearance of this high-risk cleaver killer. It only took them two weeks uh, to figure out what to spin up. And it still doesn't fly. And you know it doesn't fly because it started with, quote, KMH takes this incident very seriously. <laughs> yeah? Really? Who took... Which genius wrote that line? Because you can't possibly take this seriously, or you'd have notified the public at large way sooner. Or maybe you would have told the border security. I mean, or, or, or. I mean, I don't know how they can say that they're serious about it, given that this high-risk killer was even granted unescorted day passes when he clearly hadn't earned the privilege. You know, I don't think they're serious because they didn't even have the courage to come out and address the media today to tell us any answers or be challenged, whatever. I guess they just think they can ride this thing out, make it go away. Well, if if officials in this country, if they ever want Canadians to trust the system dealing with NCR, then maybe they should just stop hiding behind patient confidentiality and start actually standing up for the concerns of Canadians at large, never mind the victims of all these crimes. Aline Vlasiano is the name and sorry, is the uh, full time interim executive director. And yes, that is her name. Um, She works with victims of crime. Aline, let's start with the uh, reaction you have to the lack of reaction from KMH. You know, the police aren't talking. The Toronto mayor is not talking. I mean, it's kind of like, well, they're very serious about this, but yet they're completely not acting. What's your take? Um, I think, uh, firstly, just finding out that this had happened, I was flabbergasted that, you know, he was able to, you know, get away from Canada, like leave, fly out. Um, And just the fact that there hasn't been that much of a reaction is is troubling because he is a dangerous offender um, and he's now kind of MIA. And um, I think public safety, you know, should be paramount in in this situation. And then I was thinking about the victims and how they were feeling if they had been contacted the moment you know, they found out that he was MIA or or if they hadn't been contacted and they simply found out in the media like the rest of us. Um, I think just overall, I was I was very worried. You, you know, we always find out in the aftermath of what happens. The fact is we're now two weeks into this thing. This guy's in some other country. They won't tell us anything. I come back to the fact that not criminally responsible is a really tough pill for Canadians to swallow because some of the most heinous crimes are seen not to be uh, getting justice. And so, you know, putting that aside, Canadians do, um, you know, accept this. But what we expect is that, A, there'll be some transparency, but at the end of the day, that the public safety at large and the victims of these, so, you know, these, these horrific crimes are, are given a voice and or at the very, at the very least, you know, put uh, into a position of, of being, uh, you know, important or informed. And that's simply not happening. So how do you trust NCR if these are the things that, are, that are, we're hearing about? I mean, I will say that at NCR, there, it's a very, very small uh, percentage of cases that are dubbed not criminally responsible. Um, so I don't think, you know, it, it's, it's 
too big of a concern. But when, when something does go wrong with an NCR, I think public safety should be paramount as well as informing victims and, and safety planning for them, right? Um, I think it should be something proactive that somebody reaches out to them for from the from the review board or something like that, and, and they're they're informed of what has happened, and they're they're given options of what they can do to you know keep safe things like that. Um, told to call 911 if ever there is a sighting or anything like that, just to be proactive and, and keeping their safety in mind. But there's no transparency. I mean, we should have woken up today to a statement maybe from the chief of police, uh, the mayor speaking, KMH coming out and speaking and addressing some of the concerns. They don't have to. And, you know, they hide behind bureaucracy. They hide behind privacy. And here we are. And we don't know anything about who this guy, you know, where he may have gone or how this, um, you know, breakdown in communication happened. I mean, apparently this guy had, um, you know, passes to go out on his own. And they'll say, well, it's part of the rehabilitation process. But given, you know, he bludgeoned someone to death with a, a meat cleaver four years ago, it's not all that comforting to the public at large. No, for sure. I agree. And I mean, they do have, like, when, when they are deemed NCR, there's different, you know, types. So they can be conditionally discharged into, into the community. Um, they do have conditions that they must follow even when they are released into community. Uh, but to me, it's also mind-boggling that he was able to fly out of the country to begin with. Mm-hmm. And I think that has to do with the fact that they're, we're working in silos here. So the mental health community, victim services, policing, criminal justice in general, like they're just, there's so many silos and there's no communication between sectors. So then something like this happens and somebody, somebody that's dangerous, potentially very dangerous, slips out of the country unnoticed. Right. To me, it's very concerning. Like, why did he have a passport? Why was there no, you know, why did nothing pop up at airports? Why was nothing flagged? For, for air travel for this guy. Right, and yet the night before, we heard about this guy in Hamilton who tried to kill three you know, Toronto soldiers back in 2016, and he's going to be given unescorted passes to Mohawk College. Again, not criminally responsible, but still considered a very high risk to reoffend, according to the Ontario Review Board. And so we're supposed to allow these people into society. I don't think there's an awful lot of confidence amongst Canadians that they are safe um, or that they're properly being monitored, because we don't have the resources and we certainly don't have any transparency. Unfortunately, yeah. And I mean, it is the board must consider the need to protect the, the public first and foremost, right? But they do also take into account the patient's progress. But unfortunately, it's a lot harder just for the public at large to, to, to find out, you know, what went on in these hearings and things like that. And depending on, on the individual, so if, you know, if he's institutionalized and he's deemed quite dangerous, the, the hearings are only every three years. Um, so there is kind of like a, a gap between, between hearings. So uh, what's the fix? Can change, but we don't exactly know. Um, so how do you I, see reforming the system? are entitled to find out what, the, what went on in hearings right. and the conditions imposed and things like that. But, but again, it, it's a problem. It's, do the victims know that they have that right? Like, are they knowledgeable? Do they know who to reach out to to get that information? Um, I'm, you know, I'm wary to, and I think that they probably did not know. Well, I'm certain, given that Mr. Stafford didn't have a clue either, one of his daughter's killers had been moved um, and still isn't being told anything. I have a high, um, you know, suspect that that none are told, um, as they should be. And so, you know, we go back to the victims, and they are always the afterthought in our justice system. Um, It's not about their rights. It's about the accused and making sure that they have a fair uh, right to a, a balanced trial. And at the end of the day, Victims in this country are, I think, feeling very failed. But what goes through their minds every time they hear this kind of stuff? 
I mean, I, you know, I, I can't, can't even imagine being in their shoes. I know a lot of the time, like we've had cases where, where somebody has been um, cascaded down, let's say from like high security to medium security prisons. And then they find out just kind of, as you said, as an afterthought, and it is really upsetting and really troubling, especially because a lot of the time they don't know exactly how it, like what, what train of thought went into, you know, that decision. And, I mean, Correctional Service Canada and the Parole Board, um, they do have Correctional and Conditional Release Act, and they are supposed to, in theory, inform victims, but it's very, you know, um, like it's not set in stone. It's kind of like if, if they're able to inform the victim, they will. If not, they'll inform the victim afterwards and things like that. And I just think it's just it's re-traumatizing, it's re-victimizing, and I think it's just completely unnecessary when, you know, if we develop better legislation, this would never happen in the first place. All right, well, I get you're busy because your phones are always ringing, <laughs> but uh, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate your help. Thank you so much, Alex. Cheers. Have a wonderful evening. Bye. That is Aline Vlasiano here on Point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.